thought just popped into my mind out of nowhere. Right? By that time of the night, my mind is pretty much empty. Um, so I'm not used to thinking things when I'm brushing my teeth. And this, this thought was that I can bring God joy. And I kind of went, okay. Brushing away. That's weird. Um, and and I, as I thought about it, I thought that, that there's this thing... The more I think about it, the more it changes everything for me. And that if I see God this way, and it's not like I can bring God joy as in I can kind of create some offering of joy and bring it to him. That's not at all what it meant to me. It's like when Malachi, right, he draws this almost five-year-old who's hooning around during the worship. Uh, He, (laughs) and making me laugh, bringing me joy. He'll draw a picture and there'll be all these scrolls on it and he'll go, oh, daddy, that's you and that's me. And it fills me with joy. Or uh, when Zoe had been away for a whole long, a long time in England and I first saw her, there's that spark of joy in my heart, right? And the same when I see, the, when I see, my, when I see my kids, when I see my wife, when I see my friends, there's this joy that bubbles up. That's the kind of joy that I can bring to God, right? I can draw him a bad picture and go, that's me and that's you. And his heart is filled with joy. He takes delight in that stuff. And, and it just, it's been rattling around in my head ever since because it changes everything. I think um, and, <sighs> that he enjoys us. And that's not something I've ever thought before in all the, all the, all the time I have been walking with him. So, and so then I started going, well, what does it say about this? Right? When did, what, is it, what, what does the Bible have to say about this? What is, God say, what is his word saying to us? And there's, these, there's some amazing passage, passages of scripture that talk about God's joy. Zephaniah is the one that, that was the first one that came to mind for me, right? You've got this thing here. He will rejoice over you with singing. You know, isn't it, isn't it, isn't that this thing that bubbles out of us sometimes when we're really happy? I know it does to me. I want to sing. Right? I just want to sing. Uh, but, but actually, Zephaniah is really intense. Really intense. It is an apocalyptic prophecy. Right? He is going, doom is coming. It really is. Right? And it did, not long after, on Jerusalem. It's this, and, and the surrounding nations. And it's this, I was watching the, the Bible Project um, little thing on the book of Zephaniah, right? It's a sort of first port of call with a lot of these things. And, it, and it's great. And it talks about how there's, that God will not tolerate the evil that humans do to each other, especially when it's the evil that his people, who are supposed to be different, do to each other. And so there's this two chapters of this, just this, this army, this, this prophecy of an army coming and all this, this apocalyptic language. And it, talk, you know, it talks about how um, it reverses Genesis, right? Genesis goes from darkness to light and from chaos to order. And then in, in, in Zephaniah, he's talking about how darkness will return to the earth and everything will return to chaos, right? So it's really intense apocalyptic language. And then at the end... Right, there's this, this is wonderful passage. He talks about um, the remnant. 
And I'm just going to read from 14. Sing, daughter of Zion, shout aloud, Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart, daughter Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away your punishment and turned back your enemy. The Lord, the King of Israel, is with you. Never again will you fear any harm. On that day, they will say to Jerusalem, Do not fear, Zion. Do not let your hands hang limp. The Lord, your God, is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. The heart of our warrior God is filled with joy. That's just incredible. It's, it's, it's amazing to think about that he, and that he, he would rejoice over you with singing. Yes, this is a prophecy to Israel, but I think he rejoices over us with singing. And uh, so, right through January, we were talking about abiding in the Lord. James preached from John. Uh, John 15, not John 5, John 15. Uh, and interestingly, right in the middle of that passage of Scripture, there's this, he, you know, these things I have spoken to you about abiding in the Lord, that my joy may be in you, and your joy may be made full. So Zephaniah, we have this picture of this God of justice and of love. And in Jesus, we have the way to actually enter into God's joy and enter into his love. And I think that this is, this is the thing where it's really, this has really been kind of changed the way I think. How we imagine God matters. How we conceive of him, the, the, the pictures, the mental images, the metaphors we use for God matter. Because we are finite beings and they will inevitably constrain the way we think about God. And that's, that's just life. It's not, a, not necessarily a bad thing, it's just a thing. But I, I, for a long time, have struggled really with picturing God as Father. Right? I've got my own daddy issues, which I've been, you know, worked through a lot of that stuff, but there's still this lingering thing in me where when I think of God as Father, I think of a distant being uh, and someone who I have to please. You know, they're either pleased or displeased. And, and uh, you know, I, 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 have, I've, I've, I remember when I first became a Christian, I was like, I can't deal with this God the Father thing, but Jesus is my buddy, right? He's my, he's my mate. He's my brother. He's my friend. I can, I can deal with that. I get that, right? I even... Get the Holy Spirit as a wind, as a fire, as a well inside of me. All of that stuff actually makes sense to me, which is, which when you think about it, it's a bit weird. But, um, but I really struggled with this idea of God as Father. And the thing that I've started to see when I think about the Father of joy is that the Lord. You know, Jesus made this way for us, right? If you look in, in, in Hebrews, it talks about how uh, we, he, you know, he's our great high priest and he, he, he makes a way for us to enter in through the veil to the throne of the Father for the mercy and the grace we need. 
in times of trouble. And, and, and so Jesus has made this way for us. He's the anchor that anchors us to the throne, to the, to the kingdom. But for a long time, I've still seen the father that sits on that throne as enthroned, right? As this being of great majesty and power and, and, and benevolence and, and kindness and love, but as this, this being that's, that's up there on that throne. And this idea, this, this idea, this thought that he popped into my head, that I can bring him joy when I come, that has just, it's just changed. He's still there on that throne, but at the same time, he's going, oh, man, man, boy, you made me laugh that time. It's a terrible joke, but I like it. Yeah. And he's not, he's, he's and I, when I say the father of joy, I don't mean that he's the, that, that somehow he, he creates joy in us, although he, he can do that. What I mean is he's the joyful Father, he is full of joy. And he's full of joy for you and me. That it is for us. That he has joy in us. Like I love the word enjoy, right? In, the prefix means within or in, right? So if you're enjoying something, you're in joy. But when you think about the Father enjoying us, there's a sense of it. This is almost this being in Him and Him being in us, and this joy that 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 can kind of flow back and forth. And I, uh, so this ring here, this little gold one, was the wedding ring that I bought when we got married, and. Uh, Quite some time ago, I went on a trip overseas. I can't remember um, where, which particular trip it was. And I came back. When I came back, I realized, well, I, on the trip, I'd lost this ring. And I was gutted. It's like, oh. I came back and I kind of went to Natalia. I, I lost my wedding ring. Sorry. And she bought me a new one, which was lovely. Uh, and then you know, time went by and I wore the new ring, which, by the way, I've subsequently lost. <laughs> um, so this is another new one. Um, <laughs> but about five years later, I found this one. And I was so happy that I found it. I was like, I found my ring. You know, because... It, you know, this is, this is not the most expensive ring, it's not the most flash thing, but it's the one that she gave me on that day. And so I was filled with joy. I found it was lost and I found it. And if we look at Luke 15, there's these parables that Jesus tells. And they are, and, and they are all about God's joy in finding lost things. He tells the story of the shepherd, right? He's our shepherd looking for a lost sheep. And, and you know, he, he finds the sheep and he brings it back. And is, what does he say? He says, rejoice with me for I found my lost sheep. And then there's the, the, the woman looking for a lost coin. And she goes and she finds it, searches the house, turns the whole house up, upside down and finally finds it and runs out into the village and goes, rejoice with me, I found my lost coin. I half imagine her spending the coin on the party. 
And then, of course, there's the, the story of the prodigal son. All right, and he comes back, and the father says, kill a calf, let's have a party. Right? He comes back after telling his dad he, thought he, should, he, he wished he was dead, claiming his inheritance, going off, wasting it, and living as a, as a, as a, as a beggar, basically, and then coming back, and his, and his dad goes, you're back, put a robe on him, give him a ring, kill a calf, let's have a party. Rejoice with me, for my son has returned. And I think for me, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm not perfect, as, as, uh, 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 as are none of you, just in case it comes as a surprise to you, none of us are. So, And, and I, you know, I, I, I get proud. I get uh, lustful. I get greedy. I start to create these pictures of God that mean that it's not about him anymore, it's all about me. Right? I sin. And this is this thing, right, this, this idea of the Father and, and how we conceive of him matters. Because I've always struggled with it, and I've always struggled with this thing of repentance because I've got to beat myself up for a while before I can take it back to him because I've got to punish myself if I got it wrong, if I, did, if I made the mistake. Because I felt like that would be the thing, that, that would be part of the process of pleasing him. But... <laughs> But when you think about these stories, right, what's his response? His response is joy. He takes joy in our repentance. When we go, oh, I got it so wrong, God, I'm sorry. He goes, man, you made me so proud just then. You are, you're awesome. And it's, again, it's just shifted everything on, 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 its, on its axis for me. And uh, the, the story of the prodigal son is something that's really um, going through my head a lot at the moment too. We went to the Vineyard Conference last year and uh, there was a ministry time and someone was praying for me. I have no idea who and I have no idea what they prayed because I was standing there and... You know, the, the, the prodigal son, right? Imagine the journey home. Distant country, it's a long journey. Rags, right? No money, it's walking. I, I, just, I, I can see this, this stuff so clearly. I imagine that he had, you know, his shoes probably had holes in them, or even if he didn't have shoes or sandals, he had wrapped his feet in rags, right? And the roads, the stones, his feet are calloused and sore, and he shuffles, right? covered in dirt and muck and rags, you know, from the pig pen. He's probably got a really big hairy beard, right, that's all dirty and gnarly, long, dirty hair, right, filled with dirt, covered in the stuff. And you see him, you can imagine him, there's this thing, right, where he's walking, walking home and people go past and with carts or whatever on, on the roads and, and he's walking along the side begging because how else is he going to eat? on the journey home. And I, I imagine him coming to the, the village, his old village, right, where he'd once been like a prince, second son of a wealthy family. And he walks into that, that place and, and, you know, and, and no one recognises him. He looks so different now. Right? All his friends, all the people who he thought were his friends, don't even know him. I kind of imagine that he's walking through the town his older brother is there, 
kind of spits in his direction and goes, beggar. Imagine that, that, how that feels, right? That shame, that, that, that you know, the, the physical pain of having walked would not compare to the thing that's going on inside him, right? And he's practicing the words. It's a long trip home. I imagine him practicing the words, what am I going to say? What, what do I say to Dad? Make me a slave in your house. And, and he walks, and he walks. He walks through the village. And I, I don't know, I just imagine that the, the, the house... Their, their old house, his old house, is up on a hill. And uh, he walks this path towards it. And you know that feeling you get? When you know you've got to walk on, he's filled with this sense of shame. You know, I wished my father dead. And I've gone and done all these things, and, and I, just, I just want to find somewhere safe. And he walks up the path. And... And he's, he's, he's thinking about the words and the, that, that growing sense of anxiety. What's going to happen? What, will, will he take me back? Will he throw me out? What's going to happen, right? And there's this sort of walking towards that sense almost of impending doom. And, and then you get there, right, and you see up the path. And there, at the top of the hill, you can see Dad. And he's there. And he sees you. And you're like, oh, Okay. I was kind of hoping I could maybe sneak in, right? Maybe, maybe see if I could like clean up a little bit first. But no. And then, then he starts running at you. And you're like, oh, okay, this is bad. Dad never runs, right? I have, he's really angry with me. He's really, really angry with me. And I just imagine, you know, that, that falling to your knees, right? And, 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 and head bowed. And he comes running down, and you can hear his footsteps. And you, you, you're stumbling over the words. What do I say? How do I say this? How do I? How do I? How do I say sorry? And you're there. And he comes running up to you, and you, you, the words just start pouring out, right? And you can see his feet. His sandals are nice. Right? They're clean, and his robe hem of his robe and you start stumbling out these words you know you know dad please i'm you know i did this i'm so sorry please just make me a slave in your house and then you feel his hands strong hands on your on your arms here right grabs you like that and lifts you up and hugs you <laughs> and And then says, get a robe. Put a robe on him. Give him my ring. Kill a calf. Come and rejoice with me. For my lost son has returned. When I was at the conference, that was the vision I had. I was the son. I could feel his hands on my shoulders lifting me up. And his joy, the joy that he had. And the the thing with God, right, is that he initiates our walk back 
right? He's there the whole time. <laughs> you know, it's actually, he, 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 he turns our heart to him. He helps us on the journey. He walks with us. He walked the path for us to the cross. What a father. James talked about this first too, right? About what, what do we do? We run this race. Right? We, walk, we walk that path. And we fix our eyes on Jesus, who for the joy set before him, endured the cross. For the joy set before him, the joy of being with you. The joy of knowing you, of welcoming you into his family. There's this thing, and I'm, I'm, Natalia was talking about it, and I'm probably going to kind of get it a bit wrong, but this, this you know, Jesus is the son. So you, you imagine the older son, right? He's a bit bitter and twisted in the story of the prodigal son. And if you think about it, the calf and the ring and the robe and the welcoming back of the younger son is all coming out of the older son's inheritance. Because he'd already cashed up half of his inheritance and given it to the younger son who'd wasted it, right? And so, but Jesus is the son who gives his inheritance away. He gives it to you. His joy propelled him to the cross. The joy of knowing us, the joy of finding us and returning us to him. Not just once when we're saved, but I can vouch for again and again and again in my life. Right? Into the arms of love. And, and there's a word about um, hope. Anna had a word about hope. And I mean, this, this thing of, of bringing God joy has just changed so many things for me. And it's helped me to see how my, how my hope, what I have hope in. My hope is in the Lord. But what does that mean? My hope is not in politics. Politics will not save us, right? But you'd be, you'd be forgiven for thinking that from the way things go, go on in the world. Money. My hope is not in money. Money will not save me. My hope is not in my work. My work won't save me. You know, I'm a public servant. Uh, it's possible. It's conceivable, right? Last year... Uh, when the whole thing with Israel Folau was happening, I had a conversation with someone. And, I was t- and they were talking about how the Western church isn't persecuted. And I was saying, well, there are consequences for faith. So you might not want to call it persecution in the way that uh, someone like, um, you know, someone gets killed for their faith in uh, India or Iran or somewhere. But there's still this degree of persecution that happens in our society for the beliefs that we have. And as a public servant, it's, I, can, I can imagine a scenario where I would lose my job for my faith and my beliefs. It's not hard to draw a line from that. And at the time, I felt that actually made me afraid. I was worried about that because I've got a family to look after and all these things. And if I actually lost my job as a public servant, I would probably lose my ability to work in Wellington because no other company would hire me because their customers are all government but I've been released because my hope is in the Lord right? and his joy sets me free 
My hope is not in the church. It's not in this church. My hope, it, it won't save me. My hope is not in my marriage. It won't save me. One of the things that really you see a lot, people talk about, I'm looking for someone who will complete me. Why would you put that burden on somebody? Only God can complete us. And his joy makes us complete. My hope is in Jesus. He went to the cross for me. He is my path to being inside God's embrace and his love and his joy. My hope is in God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit who are eternal and unchanging and will love me regardless of how successful I am in my job, regardless of how good a husband or father I am, regardless of how good a friend I am, regardless of whether or not my shirt distracts you enough to get past what I'm saying. Um, you know, he, he will love me regardless. And he takes great joy in me and he takes great joy in you. And I'm, I'm wrapping up now, so... The, I've heard this before, right? The, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And I really, the, the word, like, I think the words that Anna and, and Natalia had were just so, I mean, there was, it, it, all, it all kind of all ties together so well. God's good, isn't he? <laughs> um, uh, and that idea of joy bubbling up. But, I, you know, I've always read this, and I, this might just be my mistake, right? But I've always read this is that, when I have the Lord's joy, I will be strong. When he puts that in me, I will be strong. But now I'm going, nah. I mean, that might be true. Fine, that's okay. But nah. The Lord is joyful, and that is my strength. He is full of joy, and that is my strength. Whether or not I'm feeling joyful at the moment is irrelevant. He is full of joy, and that is my strength. And, you know, we, uh, last week James talked about setting a target of 10 people, right? 10 new believers. And, and, and how, you know, what do we do and, and, and what's the, what does it look like to take this amazing news that we have out into the world? It is news too. So this idea that we, if we're just sort of friendly enough that people will become Christians doesn't work because at some point we have to share the message. Right? So yes, we have to earn the right to be heard, but we have to share the message because it is fundamentally good news. And news is something you share. But again, I've been thinking about this. So we're involved in trying to set up a school. It's been a long road. It's been a hard road. And, and things are happening, which is good. But it's not my school. It's God's school. And he's going to be so stoked when it gets set up. He's enjoying the journey. And he's saying to me, come along and have some fun with me. Right? Let's do it together. You don't have to. Well, I'll do what I'm going to do anyway. But if you want, I want to invite you into this adventure. Let's have fun together. Let's enjoy the journey together. It's changed how I think about what I speak. Right? If I'm going to talk with someone about this. Because if I feel like he's creating an opportunity for a conversation, he's inviting me to the party. Right? He's inviting me into the journey. He's inviting me to take joy 
in this thing that he's enjoying. His joy is in his is his joy in his work. Right? He when when you look at you look at Genesis, and he declares that it's good, and he declares you know he makes the makes the the sun and the sky and the moon and the stars, and he declares that it's good, and he he's, he takes delight in his creation. He delights in the people that he is putting on your heart. He he loves them. He takes great joy in them. And he wants to invite you into his joy for that person or those people. He wants us to share the joy. You know, the, 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 I love the word about it bubbling up. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be afraid of other people. We don't have to be afraid of the world because his joy is our strength. He is a mighty warrior. And he, he delights in you and he rejoices over you with singing. There is no judgment in joy. There's only love. It's freeing. Right? When people are really filled with joy, you can see it. Right? It's freeing. There is hope in joy. So... What I'd like to do is I just spend a little bit of time waiting on the Lord. Um, so if we could all stand. And it's covered a whole bunch of ground there. There might be things that, that uh, stood out. The things that I have on my heart that I'll pray about and we'll wait on the Lord for a while. If anyone else has words, that would be good too. But one is the revelation that you can be the source of joy for God, a source of joy for God. If you would like to know that more, then I'd love to pray with you. Uh, if you would like to, uh, you know, that the, the story of the prodigal son and the father, if there's something in there for you, um, we can pray about that too. Creator of the universe, Father God who made everything, and declared it good, who made each person here and declared them very good, who takes delight in his people, every single one of them, who is singing over us right now with songs of joy. We thank you, Father, that you have made a way for us to enter into your presence, to enter into the songs you sing over us. I pray that you'd give us ears to hear your song now give us ears to hear the songs of joy that you sing over us give us eyes to see turn your face to shine upon us that we might see the joy and the delight that you take in each of us let us encounter you in your joy Father come Holy Spirit come Holy Spirit we wait on you. I just want to speak a word over us as a as a congregation. I can feel his his heart bursting with love and joy for this church, for this faithful people, for each of you. He is just so in love with you. 
with you as individuals and with this church as a body. So <laughs> delighted. I can almost, I can almost see a, this giant grin over you all. just encourage you to take that, just to know that as you go out. Father, please help us to see the, the joy and the peace and the love and all, all that you have for us as we walk into our days, as we go back into the world and into, these, into our busy lives, that we would just know that, we, that your joy is a living well inside of us and let it bubble up as the word spoke this morning. If anyone would like prayer for either for the words that were spoken or for anything that was said during the service or anything, in fact, um, yeah, uh, please come. Please come and we'll pray with you. Other than that, we just pray your blessing on this people, Lord God. Turn your face to shine upon them. Be their strength. Be their source of joy. Let your joy be their strength. In Jesus' name, amen.